A Penn State professor tells straight students to watch gay or lesbian pornography to learn how to be bisexual. I thought sexual orientation was fixed and unchangeable, but I guess maybe I'm living in 2017. I don't know. Plus, The Deep End was censored last week by YouTube. Let's see if we can go two for two this week. And England is arresting more than nine people per day for posting the wrong thing to social media. Censorship is also not coming to America. It's here now. And we debut a new segment on racism on The Deep End. I know I'm going to offend someone. This is your favorite night of the week, The Deep End on Tim Hatch Live. The Deep End. Hey, everybody, welcome into the deep end. My name is Tim, and it is Tim Hatch live on YouTube. And we are in season six, episode 18 of the deep end, where we talk about the news of the day through a Christian worldview. And if you would hit me that subscribe, like button, the notification bell, hit all those buttons, if you will, to let us know that you're engaged with this content and that it helps you. And I'm so glad that you're here because we got a lot to talk about today on The Deep End, most notably the fact that The Deep End itself has been hit, hit with censorship. So if you go to last week's episode, episode 17, you see this. Now, if I put it big on the screen, you will say you will see that it says this video is unavailable and it says the video contains content from UEFA who has blocked it on copyright grounds. UEFA is a soccer organization in Europe. And we did use UEFA footage last week to talk about healthy young kids, healthy young people suddenly collapsing on the field of play uh, in just at a press conference or somewhere else in the world. You know, we, we just shared these concerns with, with you, the audience, and um, YouTube took it down because we were using soccer footage from the UEFA. Well, there's a little thing about YouTube you gotta understand. You can go into the back end of your YouTube channel, you can eliminate those things that they, are, they say are copyrighted. So we did, we went into the back end and we eliminated that material from last week's episode. And then the episode went back up for about another hour to two hours last Wednesday night, okay? And remember, the depends on Tuesday. And so it was back up after we fixed the issue with the UEFA footage. Uh, it was back up for two hours, and then it was blocked again. Same complaint, again, and that's where it sits right now, same complaint that they claimed uh, we were doing. Now, mind you, we have fixed the episode in the back end so that that—, that Material is not even on the is not even on the video anymore. It's gone. So so what you are seeing right here, I, I bring all this up to say this: what you are seeing right here is a lie from YouTube. Google right now is lying to you, saying that it was blocked on the grounds of the UEFA footage because the footage was removed. All right, I, I hope I hope you're following this. I hope you're getting getting aware of what's going on. We have, we have had this happen before, by the way. This is not new to this channel. We, we use footage. We use video on this channel. And if you listen, I'm glad you do. But it's best experienced on YouTube. But on episode one of this season, we removed RuPaul's Drag Race that featured AOC, sitting Congresswoman AOC, calling drag queens the true patriots of the world. And um, I was just making a comment about that. And they flagged it and they said the video was unavailable. So we went into the back end, we removed it, and then it went back up and it's still available to this day. You can still go and watch that whole episode, episode one of season six, without interruption even though it, it, it once was unavailable. So we made the edits last week. We expected that the video would be back up. And no matter what we do now, they will not 
put the video back up. And I was thinking to myself, why this video? Out of all the controversial content that we talk about on this channel, why that video from last week? Well, maybe it's because they don't want the word out on what's happening with the vaccines. And I'm going to tempt fate here and just talk about it. We were showing you videos of people collapsing, normal, healthy, young people collapsing. And we just were asking what's going on. Why is this suddenly a problem where we see young, healthy individuals dying suddenly? I mean, they care about my audience. Like YouTube cares about my audience. My audience, on average, for the Deep End episode on YouTube, we get 500 to 600 views. Okay. Not exactly like a world-changing channel. I'm thankful for every single one of your views and keep watching and make, you, make sure you subscribe. But, but it's kind of interesting because this is what's happening now in our country, in our world. You're going to get censored and I've gotten censored. And I've gotten censored, mind you, for what now the CDC is reporting as factual. This is from the CDC's own website. They are identifying preliminary COVID-19 vaccine safety signals for persons aged 65 years and older that have to do with myocarditis and heart issues in response to the latest booster that was just put out by Pfizer. This is the CDC's page. Am I gonna get, am I gonna get silenced? Am I gonna get censored because I'm putting up the CDC info that they're, they're exploring some problematic data? But you see, it's only conspiracy theory until it's news. And who gets to decide when it's a conspiracy and when it's news? By the way, the episode is on Rumble right now. You can go back and watch it at rumble.com slash Tim Hatch Live. And please follow us there as well. We only have 89 followers on Rumble, but you better follow us there now because I'm not going to stop doing what I do. I am a pastor. I don't see many pastors doing what I do, but I feel this is immensely important today to address the issues that are blatant lies, our cover-ups, our serious, um, serious issues for you and your family regarding your health and your well-being that big tech, the news media, government, the university system, they're all cajoling you. They're all shaping you. That was the content of last week's episode. You're being manipulated whether you believe it or not. And, and ironically, my little itty bitty 300 viewed episode has been removed from YouTube. Unbelievable. Censorship is here. You are being lied to on a daily basis. Welcome in again to the deep end and make sure that you are hitting that like button, the subscribe button and the notification bell so you get notified when we go live because you know what you might be able to only catch this show live going forward i think you can listen to it on podcast on the podcast app so check check now if you want let me know in the comments below if, if it's still up on the podcast app but rumble is the place to go just in case we lose our content here up on youtube censorship is here the media lies to you big tech lies to you youtube youtube silences voices like mine and it's going to get worse because what you have to do in America is you just have to say, well, what's happening in Europe? If you want to know where America will be in five years, look at where Europe is now. Well, maybe five to ten years. Where is America going? It's going to a place that you are not going to like. This is from the London UK Times. Check out the article, Police Arresting Nine People a Day in Fight Against Web Trolls. Now, this, this article reports that nine people a day are being arrested for saying the wrong thing on social media. That is a rise of 50% in the last two years. But mind you, this article is from 2017. So this article is six years old. Six years ago, the UK, the UK, Britain, which gave 
freedom and common law and human decency and gave rise to free speech in some respect to this country is now silencing speech online because of trolls who pick on certain communities. The facts from this article find 3,395 people across 29 police forces were arrested in 2017 under Section 127 of the Communication uh, Communications Act, uh, Act sorry, of 2003, which makes it illegal to intentionally cause annoyance, inconvenience, or needless anxiety to another. Think about that phrase. The Communications Act of 2003 in Great Britain makes it illegal to intentionally cause annoyance, inconvenience, or needless anxiety to another. And I don't have any idea what that means. Needless anxiety. How, I am certain that I cause needless anxiety to many people or annoyance or inconvenience. Uh, the true figure this report says is probably significantly higher than was being reported because 13 police, for force, police forces in the UK refused to provide the information for this report. So it's probably much higher than nine people a day being arrested for free speech. And again, this is six years ago. So it's only gotten, you know, it's only gotten worse. Now, un interestingly enough, from this report, guess who they were reluctant to arrest? Guess who they avoid arresting? The one article that I read talked about a person named Nadia Chan, a self-described Islamist who made a number of deeply racist remarks about white people in social media uh, after an appearance on public broadcaster Channel 4. She also branded Israeli Jews as parasites, ranted that white people were swine who have no culture, no rich history. Uh, she said, your ancestors were cave people. Um, she openly endorsed terror attacks on in the uh, Iranian state network press TV, but the Metropolitan Police in Britain refused to say whether they would bring charges against her. Mm, I wonder why. Because there's only one kind of censorship that is being allowed today. And that censorship is against anyone who does not toe the line of the accepted narrative from the cultural power players of today. And biblical Christians, if in case you were wondering, you are on the outside looking in on that group of people. Uh, consider this article from uh, the expose. UK's thought police make two arrests because a meme caused anxiety and harass a YouTuber for being untoward about pedophiles. This is from August 2022. Now, I believe I covered this uh, news piece about the guy who posted the, the gay flag looking like a swastika kind of thing. And I think I talked about it here. You can go back and check the episodes. I'm not sure. But anyway, let's just talk about that word untoward about pedophiles because untoward just means unseemly. That's an old English way of saying unseemly. So if you post a meme about pedophiles, that's unseemly. If you pick on them, if you harass them, <laughs> you could get arrested in the UK right now. The article talks about Posey Parker, known as Kelly K. Keene, who was visited in her home by Wiltshire police and informed that she had committed a hate crime for using her YouTube channel to unduly criticize pedophiles. <laughs> Unbelievable. Posting a meme about a child molester that, she, that, that makes the child molester feel uncomfortable gets you arrested in England right now. Consider this article from LifeSiteNews.com. Uh, LGBT thought police, UK cops arrest raid home of woman who criticized, just criticized trans ideology. This is back in 2018. A 38-year-old mother was arrested in Hertfordshire, UK at her home in front of her 10-year-old autistic daughter and 20-month-old still breastfeeding son for having an argument with a transgender activist on Twitter and misgendering. She was detained, photographed, fingerprinted, and locked up for seven hours. 
Ay, ay, ay. I will, I've said it before this season on the deep end. I will say it again. This is going to increase. You are going to be silenced for speaking truth against the culturally accepted narrative about transgenderism, about sexual identity and sexual orientation and all these kind of nonsensical terms that have been forced upon society by a very select minority of elites in world, formerly world-class institutions, okay? And I'm going to say this one more time. Lukewarm Christians, you're not going to make it. You are not going to last. And frankly, good. Because Jesus said he was going to spit you out of his mouth anyway. If you're half-hearted about Jesus right now, the next 40 to 50 years are going to get you out of the church faster than you can say hallelujah. Because this is going to increase. This, this latent hostility is going to increase against Christian faith and convictions. And those who refuse to hold on to them will give up the faith. Lots of data about the persecution that happened under Nero in ancient Rome and, and subsequent Roman emperors who really persecuted Christians, like blatantly persecuted. Today is, is latent hostility. Back in the ancient world of Rome, it was blatant persecution where they would feed them to lions, burn them on the stake, boil them or grill them alive in the Roman Colosseum. And many Christians, there's a lot of data on this, Many professing Christians denied the faith to spare themselves the pain and agony of persecution. Well, what's going to happen for the next 40, 50 years in our country is many Christians who claim to be Christians now come to Christ for the good life, realize that the good life might be a persecuted life or a hated life or a marginalized life. And they're going to say, I didn't come here for this. I, I, didn't come here. I came here to improve my life. They're not going to last. They're not going to last. And it's just a matter of time. This is happening in the UK and it's going to continue to happen more and more and more. And some of you say, well, you're just picking, you're just picking one or two stupid little illustrations. Come on, man. Well, I thought that MLK said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Come on. Don't we use that? Like when a black kid gets shot by police, don't we use that line? Well, it's just one black kid. We, we can't say it. No, no. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And I agree. I agree with that. If it's one black kid getting unjustly shot by a police officer, we need to investigate and we need to hold the powers that be accountable. Okay, but, 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 but now we're talking about Christians being uh, robbed of their civil rights, being arrested, being detained, being held in jail. And you want to just say, well, you know, it's just one example. It's just one person. It's not that big of a deal yet. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. It all counts. And it's coming to America. Don't believe me. In America, uh, well, let's talk about this. In Britain, if you say the wrong thing online, you might get arrested or you will get arrested in America. All that has to happen is you just you just got to be in the same room with the wrong people and you're going to, for now anyway, get culturally canceled. Uh, this is the Daily Wire reporting that a British rapper known as MIA lost her gig at the two-day UK music festival in August called Field Day following her appearance on the Candace Owens podcast on the Daily Wire. Candace Owens, if you don't know, is a very uh, controversial, very outspoken, I actually like her, uh, right-wing commentator. And she had MIA, the rap artist, on her show and... She was removed from a British festival. I said this was America. This is still British, Britain. But she was removed from a British festival because of her appearance on a podcast. So, so now it's just having company with the wrong people gets you canceled uh, by the cultural power players of Britain. Now, 
I said America before. This was not America. Let's now get into America because it is definitely coming to America. Let me show you why. This is Gabrielle Gambrell. She appeared on Dr. Phil. She is the NYU professor in digital and social media. And she said on Dr. Phil, no video because I don't want to use copyrighted content here. She said, yes, there needs to be censorship of online speech. This is an NYU professor in America right now saying very blatantly and boldly, yes, there needs to be censorship of online speech. And then she goes on in this, in this clip, which you can look for it yourself. If you lose your job over a tweet, she says, quote, score. You do not deserve to have this title, rich position that impacts communities, and you need to work on yourself, end quote. And then she said, I do believe, I do believe, she said, in redemption, which means that you have to listen and learn and get basically re-educated, indoctrinated, and then you can get your job back, maybe, and then we'll maybe re, you know, integrate you into society, normal society. You know, it's kind of amazing about what's happening in the wokeism religion right now or the secularist religion right now. The same exact mantras, mandates, expectations of legalistic Christian religion are being used in the religion of progressive secularism. Like when I was young, I went to a very legalistic church. Legalistic churches are you do this or you don't do that. And if you don't do what we say, we're going to ostracize you, condemn you, criticize you and tell you going to hell. And then you need to repent and you need to show your repentance. You need to be pure in your repentance. And then maybe we'll bring you back into relationship with the church, possibly, possibly, right? But it was about, it was about minor things like what movie you went to, or what song you listened to, what rock band you, walk, you, you listened to. Well, it's kind of funny because wokeism is doing the exact same thing. This script, I am familiar with the script. You have to toe the line. The exact language needs to be used. The exact views need to be upheld. The exact sentence structure needs to be applied to how you speak, or we will come after you. And then we will believe in redemption once you repent of speaking the wrong thing and then get educated, go through our little Sunday school program of being a woke, woke person, and then you will be possibly reinstituted into society. This is the religion of secularism, the religion of progressivism, and it is growing leaps and bounds in America's uh, powerful institutions. Again, the media and the universities and big tech. Consider the findings, again, from the Twitter files, noting that 500 to 1,000 government agents were buried in Twitter censorship. Think about this. This is insane. 1,000 FBI agents were involved in silencing information, silencing posts, suppressing accounts on Twitter during the last two to five years, ever since Donald Trump got elected to the presidency. So the FBI, a branch of our federal government, the police force of the president has been leveraged to make sure that you don't hear certain things, to make sure that you didn't hear about the Hunter Biden laptop story right before the election of 2020, regardless of the fact that 17% said if they had known that that happened, they wouldn't have voted for Biden. So they, they succeeded, these 1,000 or so federal agents succeeded to silence information to keep the electorate going in the right direction. And now the Independent Sentinel finds out through Matt Taibbi, who, by the way, Matt Taibbi is no right-wing commentator. He is not a Christian. He used to work for Rolling Stone doing one of their podcasts. He considered himself a liberal. And, he, and, and he's the one digging up all this dirt on Twitter now that Elon Musk has, has bought it and he is releasing the internal memos and is finding more and more cover-ups, more and more agency and censorship from one of our world's most popular social media platforms, which can only make us ask what's happening on Facebook, what's happening 
on YouTube, hello, and what's happening uh, everywhere else, Instagram, TikTok, wherever else there could be censorship. My own Twitter page, by the way, kind of blew up this past week. I shared this tweet, January 12th. World says, Christians, stop it with the persecution complex. Your rights will never be taken away from you. Also, World, Mall of America this week, and I shared this video of a guy being asked to remove his Jesus Saved shirt because it offended someone. Watch. I understand that, right. but Jesus is associated with religion and it's offending people. No, it's not. Actually, it's not the religion. It's about, it's about eternal life. Okay, but it's the same thing, okay? People have been offended, and like I said, all we were asking you is to take your shirt off, and you can go to Macy's or we can leave. I didn't say anything, though. I didn't speak. I didn't I didn't speak. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just went okay. to Macy's. Again, sir, it is religious soliciting. There is no soliciting allowed on law property, which is private property. Okay? So again, we've got yes no Exactly. What is wrong with Take it off the shop, man. That's all we want. Anyway, you get the idea that it just goes on and on and it just says basically you're supposed to he had to remove his shirt to continue to shop there because his shirt just as you're saying Jesus saves or coexist and you know crossing it out and putting Jesus saves on the back of it says that he's soliciting. He's not saying anything. He's wearing a certain logo wearing words wearing words on your shirt is now considered soliciting and is not a, not allowed at the Mall of America. This is in Minnesota. Minnesota ring a bell. That's where George Floyd <laughs> died. At the hands of a police officer, they defunded the police. They removed the police force from the city of Minneapolis. Crime skyrocketed. They're trying to fix it now. But the police officers are bold enough to stop a, a guy. It looks like an immigrant guy. He had an accent. And he's a black guy. And he is now being silenced by the police. Where's the outrage? Where's the Black Lives Matter people? Why aren't they, why aren't they foaming at the mouth right now to, to bring justice to this to this black man's life. He was asked to undress himself the way he wanted to go to a, a mall was unacceptable in the eyes of the police. But silence, media silence. And, and if you check out that tweet and you go down the page, it's amazing how many people are out there saying, well, the mall has the right to do what it wants. And oh, well, you know, he is offending. Or oh, well, you know, this is not, again, this is not persecution. I understand it's not persecution. I'm saying that slowly but surely, there's going to be rights ripped away from practicing Christians who speak truth. It's going to happen. And again, lukewarm Christians. Should I say goodbye to you now? Because it's going to get worse. Oh, am I happy about it? Uh, i got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit happy about it. I am. I think, you know, John MacArthur, I, I, I appreciate him as a pastor. And he talks about this 
this conversation that he had with a Russian pastor under Soviet Russia way back in the 1980s when he asked this guy, he said, I don't understand how you could possibly be a pastor in uh, a secular uh, Soviet republic like that. It must be tough. He says, I don't understand. He, this, the Russian pastor said to John MacArthur, a pastor in Southern, Southern California, said, he said to him, I don't understand how you're a pastor in America where you never know who's really a Christian at your church. Like, I couldn't imagine. The, the good thing about my church is that I know that the people that are showing up in my church are Christian. It's a powerful illustration of, of reality. Like, being a Christian in America has been far too easy for far too long. And if you look at historical Christianity, true Christianity has always had to fight uh, against the hatred, against the hostility. Uh, not against it, but through it. We don't fight. We don't wrestle against man and uh, flesh and blood. We don't. That's Ephesians chapter 6. I'm not saying that we should protest, and I'm not saying we should not shop there. And I'm not even saying that. What I am saying, though, is this might be the best thing for the church. It really might be good for the church of Jesus Christ in the West to have it cost you to follow Christ. If it doesn't cost you something, then what does Jesus mean when he says count the cost? It's going to cost. It should cost you. It cost Jesus his life to, to save you. And, and then if you come to him, you, you've got to lay down your life. That's, that's how this thing goes. And so I believe fundamentally that no, under no circumstances should we be fighting back or stirring up things just for the sake of... No, I bring this to your attention so that you can arm your spirit and your mind for action and be ready as this hostility turns into perhaps blatant persecution and injustice in the courts or in the employment sector of our world. And you bear up under it knowing that Christ is watching and he is the one who will take vengeance and he is the one who will reward and you will ultimately have great rewards in heaven. Okay. So it's not just in Britain. It's not just in America. It's also amazingly happening in Mexico. I bring you to this article from Global, Global Religious Freedom. A Mexican politician called a man a man. Now he may be barred from office. This is a sitting congressman who is going possibly, his name is Gabriel Quadri in Mexico, who is possibly going to lose his right to run for office ever again because he posted on Twitter that a man was a man and made illusion to the fact that men might take advantage of the new transgender ideology craze to hurt or disadvantage women. Like all he was saying was, you know, if we let transgender men uh, play in sports or act like they're really women, they're going to actually disadvantage real women from opportunities. And he may never be able to run for office again because he said that. The, the intolerance of the tolerant is astounding. Which brings me to the new owner of the Miss Universe pageant. This is him. And I say him because it is a man. The Miss Universe is now owned by a quote-unquote trans woman, or in normal terms here, a man with fake boobs. This is Ann JKN, the richest Thai business person on the planet, 43 years old, 6 million followers on Instagram. And here he is talking about the new face of the Miss Universe pageant. Listen to the voice, watch the video. The Miss Universe organization from now on is gonna be ran by women, owned by a trans woman, for all women. Oh, that's a crowd, they're like, yeah, yeah, wonderful. A man pretending to be us, yay! Oh, YouTube. For all women really around the world. <laughs> and so, 
you know, as a pastor, I have to say that I've never been a big fan of the Miss Universe pageants or the Miss America pageants. I think they exploit women. It really becomes about, you know, the sexualization of young girls and it teaches young girls that they're only valuable according to their body and how they look in a bikini. And I always think, I always thought like, how could we possibly end this? And it turns out that the transgenders are going to end it <laughs> because there's not going to be many people, not going to be many men who are interested in that kind of presentation. Just going to be honest with you. Just going to be honest. But these are posts, by the way, from the Miss Universe Instagram. They are going full bore on the re-indoctrination camp online. So here, here's what they put on their Instagram posts. Say this, the uterus. Don't say this, a woman's uterus. Say this, starting puberty, not this, becoming a woman. Say this, people who have periods. Don't say this, women who have periods. This is what they post on their Instagram. <laughs> this is what you call political correctness, according to 2023 standards. And it is about re-educating, redefining reality, and confusing a whole generation. You know, George Carlin, remember George Carlin? Carlin. George Carlin, great comedian. Uh, filthy comedian, not saying he's a good guy you should watch, but very talented comedian. And he used to castigate political correctness and, and he used to especially castigate Christians and right-wing people because he was left-wing and he was a liberal and he, you know, I think he was an atheist and all that kind of stuff. So he said one day uh, that political correctness is fascism pretending to be manners. And he's 100% right. What we are seeing right now is the rise of fascism in the name of political correctness or in the name of progress or in the name of equality or in the name of opportunity or equity. All these terms, give it whatever term that you want. And it's kind of funny now because if you dig up George Carlin routines from the 1970s and 80s and you watch them, it sounds like he's actually attacking the leftist secular progressives, right? <laughs> But he's really attacking right-wing religious conservatives. But it just shows you that right-wing religious conservatism has been replaced by left-wing secularistic, secularistic progressivism and has become the intolerant totalitarian social regime of our day. This is, this is amazing to see. It's an amazing thing to behold. you got to be aware of what's happening. you got to be aware of it going on and... Speaking of political correctness and how it's a one-way street with the cultural movers and shakers of our day, I bring you back to a grand old segment of the show, uh, The Deep End, When the Alphabet Attacks. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, L, G, B, C, L, G, B, C, L, G, B, C, Q, I, A. I pledge allegiance to the queers. Okay, remember that uh, segment? We're bringing it back. This out of Penn State. Penn State professor tells straight students to watch gay or lesbian porn to learn how to be bisexual. Mm. I'm just going to let that rest over the airwaves for a moment. A, a state-funded institution of higher learning, a professor who's no doubt tenured, tells his students in a class, watch gay or lesbian porn, See if you get aroused and find out if you might actually be bisexual or gay or lesbian. This is a thing at Penn State University, funded by the taxpayers. Wow. Winning. The name of the professor is Sam Richards. He challenged straight students in a sociology class to watch this stuff and discover a new side of their sexuality. This is all from the article. 
He says, if you're straight, watch gay or lesbian porn, see how quickly you feel aroused <laughs> and how you can't control that. You'll realize, oh, and that's a swear. I could be sexualized by people who are like me. And then he says, we are all at some level non-binary, uh, summing up the views of certain sociologists. We're very much all easily bisexual. Uh, the class that he teaches, by the way, is SOC 119 Race, Ethnicity, and Culture. <laughs> what on earth does race and ethnicity have to do with gay porn? Every year, or actually every semester, 725 students register for this class. 725 students. Makes it the largest race and ethnic relations course in the country. I have the course description here from PSU's own website, and it is the classic cultural Marxism that is being foisted upon our young people right now. Send your kids to a public institution. Get back a communist Marxist. That's how it goes, friends. That's how it goes. Send your kids to university, and they attend one of these ridiculous, idiotic, moronic classes, and they come back a, a, a functioning Marxist. What is Marxism? Marxism plays classes against each other identifies some class as a victim class, blames another class, and then riles up all the other victim classes to attack the, the, uh, the power class and then create equality, which is really just giving power to the victimized class. That's, that's structural Marxism. So this class description, the first thing that students are going to learn is how to explain the unequal systems in the U.S. and how it's based on ancestry, and then they'll have more thoughtful conversations about issues addressed in the class. And then third objective of the class is to encourage students to explore their own racial and cultural identity. So this is basically just find out who gets victimized, speak clearly the cultural mantras of victimization, and then find out if you're in one of those victimized classes so that you can graduate with a chip on your shoulder. All the while accumulating about $100,000 of student loan debt with an education that has no value in modern society so that you find a job and therefore cannot pay off your student loans so that you then end up turning to the government to take it from the power class to pay off your student loans that you used to pay for useless dribble like this in a class at Penn State University. Back to the idea though of the professor asking students to see if they might be bisexual or, or homosexual. I was told we were born this way by Lady Gaga. I was told that you cannot change someone's sexuality. It is innate. It is not nurtured. It is natured. I thought it's fixed and firm. Maybe again, like I'm living in 2017. I don't know. It just reveals the utter hypocrisy of the world system, doesn't it? It's, if it suits their end goals, they say it. If it doesn't, they silence it and censor it. How is this not gay? How is this not conversion therapy, by the way? Remember the outrage over conversion therapy when, when you try to take homosexuals and make them like opposite sex people? That's, that's gay, conver that's conversion therapy. It's harmful to homosexuals. It's outdated and bigoted and hateful. Okay, so uh, if we do it the other way, it's fine. Self-funded Christian organization encourages gay people to be straight. Evil. Tax-funded university encourages straight kids to be gay. Okay. Like, imagine if this professor had a class full of gay people and told them, watch heterosexual porn and see if you're aroused because you actually might be heterosexual. He would have been fired last week. I, I, this happened in the 1990s. There were conversion therapy organizations that were paying their own bills. They were not tax-supported, that's for sure. And they were trying to help out same-sex people with unwanted same-sex attraction to find a way out of that attraction, out of that lifestyle. But you know what else happened in this, in this uh, 
in this news article. The professor also reveals something very, very biblical. And I want to stay here for a moment. He actually kind of outed the fact that what we set our eyes on does in fact have influence on us. The co company that we keep corrupts our heart. He literally, unbeknownst to him or subconsciously or unconsciously, he basically, he basically touted Christian truth. What you look at affects what you feel and think and love. This is exactly what he did. He agrees with Job, who said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How can I gaze at a virgin? Or not to look lustfully at one. Or what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, I say to you, everyone who looks with lustful intent has committed adultery. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. It's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. What is Jesus saying there? He's saying that your sinful nature is influenced by what is outside of you. So your tendency, whether it be same-sex attraction or pornography or adultery or stealing or thievery or whatever it is, is actually influenced by what's outside of you. So yes, homosexuality is nurtured. It is nurtured from the outside, affecting the sinful nature that's on the inside. And we are corrupted by what we see and how we are raised and the environments we put ourselves in. And that's exactly what this professor literally just substantiated in that class, trying to get straight people to become bisexual people by watching homosexual pornography. That's crazy. It's amazing. They once said, stop indoctrinating kids to the Christian church. But when it's in the name of all these sexual confusion ideologies, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Friends, you are being censored. You are being lied to. You are being manipulated. You are being shaped by your culture ever more so. And it is a cultural prison they're trying to put you in. As Fyodor Dostoevsky said, the best way to keep a prisoner from escaping is to make sure he never knows he's in prison. If you are liking this content, you're not in prison. If you're hating it, you might be, <laughs> okay? Because we live in a culture, friends, that wants to control what you see because they care about your quote-unquote safety. We live in a culture that says you can change your sexuality from straight to gay, but never the opposite because that would be bigoted. And then we also live in a culture where men pretending to be women is a positive thing for women. This is the insanity of our age. It needs to be called out. It needs to be, it needs to be addressed from spiritual Christian worldview so that you're armed and strengthened to know what's coming and be prepared for it and pray yourself up to be ready for it and to know that the manipulation is abounding in every which way. So today I'm excited also to debut a brand new segment on the deep end. It's called What is Racist Today? What is Racist Today, Johnny? Yeah, so remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about how something is now racist, newly found as racist almost every single day, like, I don't know, capital letters or balloons or birthday parties. There's a whole list of things that are racist you weren't even aware of that are racist. Well, evidently, something has been de determined to be racist recently. I didn't even know this. And what is that thing? Showing, expecting people to show up to work on time. Expecting people to show up to work on time is now racist. So a guy got online on his Instagram account and talked about how we need to stop normalizing people showing up on time, uh, showing up late. It's not right. 
And Awoke's Gold took his video and decided to use it as an opportunity to lecture us about how that expectation is actually racist. Watch. Can we stop, like, normalizing people being late? Like, it's not cute, it's not funny, it's not a... When y'all are ready to learn about the connections between this, this, and the white American cultural norm with obsessing over being on time, please let me know. Please. Because as someone who is Black, queer, has ADHD, and studies African American history and culture, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. It's going to be so much fun. But you know, until then, we could just keep acting like that's a completely harmless opinion that has no historical context whatsoever. <laughs> Okay, back to the systemic Marxism, the, the Marxification of our young people, right? What did she say? Black, queer, um, ADHD. So I've got, I've got three checkboxes on the victimhood scale here, the victimhood hierarchy. The more things, the more boxes that I can check <clears throat> that make me a minority person, not just the color of my skin, but my, even my own ADHD and my queerness, gives me authority to speak to the issue that you expecting her to be on time is a form of racism. So, and you wonder, where do these college kids learn these ideas? They, they learn them at the institu institutions that are publicly funded, which brings me to number two thing on what is considered racist today. Did you know that astrophysics is now officially racist? I bring you this article, Astrophysics Steeped in a Systemic Racism and White Supremacy, says Colorado college science professor Natalie Gosnell. She says, quote, as an astrophysicist, I'm a product of institutions that are steeped in this stuff. She says the tenets of white supremacy that show up in physics of individualism, exceptionalism, perfectionism, it's either or thinking, and there's no subtlety, there's no gray area. All this manifests in the way we think about our research and what counts as good research what counts as important research. And so if you weren't aware, now you know that astrophysics is indeed racist. And as soon as I read this article, I, I just said to myself, 400 bucks says this professor is white. And there she is. Yeah, white savior complex there, Natalie Gosnell. You're here to save us. You're here to save the poor disenfranchised minorities, I guess, because they need you to show them how all the things around the world are racist and they need to be permanent victim classes so that, I don't know, what, you can help them? <laughs> anyway. That's racist! Everything's racist, everything is nonsense. That's really what it is. Everything is nonsense. And this brings me to my final concluding thoughts. Are you ready for it? My concluding thought is this. All flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower fails, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. That is 1 Peter 1, 24 to 25. No, not my thoughts. <laughs> They're Peter's thoughts. They're Peter's writings through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But right now they are my thoughts. Because as you see culture shifting and changing so quickly, you might feel overwhelmed. You might get mad and irritated. But friends, Peter was writing this at the time Nero was tying people up on stakes and burning them alive, crucifying Christians on every street corner in the Roman Empire, feeding them to lions, broiling them and broiling them on grills and grates in the Roman Colosseum 
in the name of what? I don't know. Justice? Uh, the glory of the Roman Empire? Uh, I don't know. Tolerance? What, what we're seeing today, we, we've seen before, it's just today is a lot more latent, a lot more under the radar. And we've got to be aware of it. We've got to be aware of it because the generation that we're living in, the people that seem important and powerful right now, just give it time, it'll fade. Like every flower of the field, every grass on the ground, it fades. What does stand forever? The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. 3,500 years and going strong since Moses penned in the beginning God and Jesus rose again 2,000 years ago. The word of God is what you want to go with. Look, if you got an ideology that has been around for, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes and one that has been around for 3,500 years and is still there and still helping and still changing lives and still making an impact, hmm, tough choice. I'm going with the one that has stood the test of time through all the hostility and blatant persecution and every other challenge of human history, the word of God has stood strong. And if you stand on the word of God, you will stand strong. So that's the show. By the way, speaking of the word of God, I got a new book coming out, Ending Emptiness, on the book of Ecclesiastes. Check it out when it comes out. I am so excited to get that content to you. If you would also uh, support the channel, if the channel helps you now. If the channel doesn't help you, you don't have to support it, but if it does help you, be appreciated. We can get this content out farther than ever before through advertising. And to let you know also, if you haven't noticed, for the last two weeks, I've been wearing this, let me see, I've been wearing this new sweatshirt, deep end sweatshirt. Doesn't that look good? Doesn't that look good? Let me see if I can just turn around real quick and show you the back. Look at the back. That's nice, isn't it? Bold lion. It says, a little, it says the deep end down on the bottom. So uh, it's available on our website, timhatchlive.com. Check it out because there are some other shirts that are now available. There's also some old uh, shirts and old, you know, material available there for you. So you can mer uh, merchandise. There you go. There's some old merchandise available. Check it out, timhatchlive.com. Tomorrow night, we are back with the Deep Dive Bible study right here at 7.30, going through First and Second Kings. And it's never too early to get your 10 questions with Tim submitted through asketimhatchlive.com. They are anonymous questions unless you put your name in the question. I had, a, I had a question in the comments last week. I thought these were anonymous. Well, the person who asked that one particular question said, by the way, this is so-and-so from so-and-so. So I knew that, who that person was. So, yeah, I like to leave it anonymous unless you don't care about that. So that is, again, asketimhatchlive.com. Guys, I'm glad that you were here. Like, subscribe, notification bell. You know the deal. God bless you. Have a great night fight for the faith jesus is coming back the word of god is still true no matter what anybody else says take care